hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Pride the Podcast. Featuring writer and director Lou Esfaha. So grab your IV drip of champagne and get ready to hang with pride. Grab a knife and slit a throat. Wow! Kind of holding your ass. <laughs> Hi guys! Hi, hello. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Pride the Podcast, brought to you by our friends over at Rehab Entertainment. Oh, T and J. I'm Adam Andrew Rios. I'm Ashley Mitchell. I'm Darrell Anthony, and I'm Mr. Braden Bradley. And we're so excited. Halloween is in full swing. Full bloom. Full swing. Has everyone like started decorating, celebrating Halloween season? For sure. What's Absolutely. Going on? What's if, going if it, on? It, me and Ash were saying the other day, if it ain't scary, we ain't listening. We're right. not hearing it. We don't want to talk about it. Like right. this is our month. Every day we watch something scary, yeah. something in the genre. Um, I definitely made a very quick trip to Marshall's. Just very quick. It was okay. very. It was very. You, that's why you were. You, <gasps> Bitch, that's why. <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, listen. <laughs> I can't wait for how you spend this. No, okay. So I went to go to my laser hair removal appointment because at I'm, Marshalls. I'm, no, no. Uh, yes, no. They do that too. The I shopping have a little, center. I, have a I know little, that's discounted. I have a little spa <laughs> in Queens that I go to. Mm-hmm. I'm getting my legs and my underarms done, occur. Mm-hmm. And then after that, as I was walking to the train. I realized, oh my God, there's a Marshalls right here. And like, we haven't gotten any of our candles or anything like that. Now, listen, Darrell, I know we talked about going to Marshalls and I am definitely still down to go with you. Wow. Well, hold on. But I, you know, I just wanted to get stuff. I wanted to have a candle for today's recording. Yeah. Where is and it? Where is it? It's in the living room. Yeah. So, oh, I, I, so, actually, well, so we're the, in our the studio. Po- the, the, the studio is a fire hazard. So I like uh, that it's not uh, here. Uh, no uh, drinks uh, on the. I'm a new Roman. Everybody, no drinks on no the drinks table. On the table. That's true. I'm too hot we to handle. Spilled 72 yeah. drinks last week. Last week we, we really did. did. Um, Ashley is the candle queen. She. I'm the candle whore. You get candle. Yeah, like she. If there's a candle, Ashley gonna get it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, listen, I love Halloween. I love the. I, I always get sad when Halloween ends because we always do. Halloween Wait, the end, movie, which we're going to go that see that too. Uh, but <laughs> Halloween, that's great. Um, <laughs> Halloween ends and and like I don't like things to end in general. I don't like vacations to end. I don't like Halloween. I don't like things to end. So I always get really sad. Well, I'm they not, always come back. They know. always they always come back around. But you that's know, the great like, thing God about willing. Halloween. But, but like, God yes, willing. thank you, Adam, because life is so very short, and sometimes. Not you Michael know, Myers. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Because I hope. Listen, we basically got two geriatric people. Sorry, Jamie Lee, but we got two old people fighting. She is not old just because <laughs> she drinks activity. Old every people morning. fight. Yeah, no. Listen, I love Jamie Lee. One thing I want to point She's out: She's a national her, treasure. She was she recently. Uh, she made a guest appearance on a couple of places, but 
uh, the Housewives of Beverly Hills uh, reunion, and she talked about the crew. And the directors of the most recent Halloween trilogy that came out went through, and they said, listen, Jamie is so great on set. When she's on set, she helps the crew. She makes sure everybody's good. She is an actor's actor in the point of she's like, I will – I'm, we're all a part of this production, and I just think that that's so Very honorable. I would love mm-hmm. to work with Jamie. She treats it like a web series. I mean, we, um, honestly, yeah. And listen, mm-hmm. with the first mm-hmm. Halloween, Ashley and I were watching like a behind the scenes of a bunch of horror movies the other day. Mm-hmm. Their first movie was three hundred thousand dollar budget, and they literally mm-hmm. thought they were like, yeah. "It's not going anywhere." And then they made um, Friday the Thirteenth on a small budget. And they were like, "That ain't going." People were acting up on that set. Yeah, like Dr. Loomis, he was drunk. He was drunk in the scene the in, the, in the car when they did. The, he had just yeah. drank two bottles of wine. Yeah, and he was. He got in that car scene. They said he was slurring, didn't know nothing. But the no, director. Some people call it. What they call it? Getting into character. <laughs> so I guess we stay well, in character, and then in on Friday the Thirteenth, yeah. Mrs. Voorhees, they were said she was smoking she, weed and no, she was high the whole set. It was she, the seventies, well, right? Yeah, but yeah. she walked oh, yeah. the, well, no eighties, but she Same walked thing. around and she literally was passing out weed. This one girl up who played Marcy, she had the sex scene and she was like, "Oh, I don't want to show my tits or anything," and she was like, "Smoke this." Damn. So she got high. Yeah, shit. she was like, "Baby, ain't nobody gonna." She see said, "Ain't nobody gonna see this movie." And the girl's like, "You're right. I don't care what. I ain't nobody gonna see this movie." And <laughs> it became one of the biggest. And it was A never. Classic. And it was yeah. never intended to have um, the mask and all of that stuff. That all kind of came later. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of movies are cult classic. I was talking about. Um, Hocus Pocus and people were like a lot of people saying they didn't really like the second one and what have you and it was like no one liked the first one y'all realize the first one was a box office failure like completely womp, they, womp, they lost womp. money mm-hmm. it was really really bad and they were like we can't uh, Kenny Ortega the director he was like I can't believe I made a shithole of a movie and then gays I feel like because it's what we do and the, women, girls the, girl, the girls and the gays. The girls and the gays. We made we made it popular, so people saying, "Well, we make everything popular. We do. We and really they, do." And they said they like Megan. Hold on, hold that thought hold before <laughs> um, I because we were talking about like little tidbits. I remember reading recently, I think on TikTok, it said that um, all the actors bought their own wardrobe, like for, um, for Halloween, for Halloween the first one. Yeah, that uh-huh. uh, Lori Sir, or I mean Jamie Lee Curtis bought her whole outfit at J.C. for like. Forty dollars. Well, it's not hard to buy like jeans and a top. Yeah, but the fact that they had to do that, like right. that, should have been like pre laid out. Did Michael out. get his costume at JC Something tells me. No, she. Girl. They got that from the help. Well, funny set. story. They were actually never going to show Michael. He was always referred to as the shape, and they were mm-hmm. never right. going to show him or give him any type of backstory. And then the director Nick Castle. Well, one of not the director of Halloween, but a director, Nick Castle, who famously played the first role of Michael, he was just like, we say, we need a shadow or somebody to do it. And he put on the costume and it just became him. Um, so Michael was actually never supposed to be seen because it was supposed to be the boogeyman, like something that happens in the shadows and you never I saw the killing. Yeah, they were like, you're well. never going to see the killings or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, I think it's a testament that Jamie Lee decided to come back for this. She Famously, did not like Halloween H two O. Well, she needed a check. What else is she doing? She did not. Halloween need a check. Resurrection was. Listen, Jamie. Lee Adam loves Halloween Resurrection. Adam does. I like H two O. I don't even remember. You There's like Resurrection? I thought I did. There's. You thought you did, and you watched it and recently. Then you're recently like, Ooh. like, and they all oh have the same. That's kind of dumb. It's really dumb. I mean, the, the plot is Michael's just trying to go home. Right. I mean, it's got the um, Ryan of the Merriman. Irish, Ryan Merriman. <laughs> and, it, and it has the top model of the world, Tyra Banks. Tyra whose Banks. death scene Tyra. was cut because it was so And bad. Busta Rhymes. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah. Oh, my God. Trick or treat, motherfucker. So speaking uh, of drugs on set, 
The Real Pride Housewives the podcast. of Beverly Hills. Oh. <laughs> and we'll be right back. Right. The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Who would be the Michael Myers of this season? Renna. Heather. Oh, wait, that's uh, Park City. Heather. Salt Lake City, girl. Whatever. Par- Park City. They all live in Park I, City. I haven't been watching Salt Lake. Oh, it's really good. I'm, uh, I'm I think I watched the first one. We only watched the first one because we're a little bit behind. Um, if Rana. Michael Myers was a housewife. Yeah, no, or no, Kathy, I, I because you. Kathy moves in the shadows. Ooh. No, I would say Rena because she thinks she moves in the shadows, but everybody sees her. <laughs> and she's run off castmates. Yeah, like she's killed them off. It is Rena. It's Rena. I mean, I, I cracked the I don't know. Michael Myers' contract always gets renewed. So does so Renna's. Will it this time though? I guess Absolutely. Halloween. I guess Halloween does end. I mean, Who I hopefully won't is Diana. She mm. need to lick them lips elsewhere. Let me tell you something. I Lisa Renna has been doing soaps for years. As she, as I said, she famously played Billie Holiday Reed in Days of Our Lives. Billie Holiday. And, uh-huh, Reed. That's her name, and ta- that was her middle name, which was so wild. And uh, Taylor McBride on Melrose Place. I Lisa Renna know she wants to produce the show. And she's put out many tweets and many messages multiple times saying, this is a show, we're doing it for entertainment, but the nastiness that she evokes out of her castmates, I think they're like, yo, we can do entertainment, but girl, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. She, she, what she said about Yolanda about Munchausen, like, that was crazy. And then we were, she said, Kim is close to death. While Kim had a drinking problem, it was like, to say that and then be like, I don't remember saying that. And she was rude to Dorit when she first came on. Mm-hmm. She was running around actually helping to spread the thing about Erica not wearing underwear around PK the first mm-hmm. time she met. She was also involved in Puppygate. She was involved mm-hmm. in Puppygate. Mm-hmm. Set, set poor Teddy up to get fired. Well, then, Poor Denise Richards. I think poor Teddy Denise. did Teddy's, that on our side. I mean, t- Teddy, <laughs> Teddy is the worst and we are now competing with two T's in a podcast. What they are, two P's in a podcast. Her and Tamara. We are competing against y'all, so bring it on, bitches. Oh, that's really funny. Did you just make that up? <laughs> no. Her that's Tamara, the name of their pod. They have... Oh, clearly no one listens to it. Two, yeah, Ooh. two T's in a podcast. Man. Unique. Unique. <laughs> um, but what I wanted to bring to the table, actually, about the first Beverly Hills reunion before we move on to other hot topics or other thing to talk about. Garcelle, how do you guys feel watching the first episode and having her confront Diana? Because as we know, Garcelle's son was threatened um, to be killed. And one of the messages said, if your daddy wasn't white, you would have someone kneeling on your neck you need to leave Diane alone. How do you guys feel about that? And obviously most of them were proven to be bots. Garcelle thought it was Diana. So I'm going to go to brain first. How do you feel? Um, I don't know these women personally, but I don't think as like rumors are, I don't think Diana bought the bots to go after Garcelle, Garcelle's son. It's completely wrong in like just abhorrent and horrendous to do that, but I don't know that Diana did it because I never got during the show that Diana had a like real issue with Garcelle. And so I was kind of surprised during the reunion that they had beef. Unless I missed something. Well, that's what my question was going to be was like, what happened so they, for that, for yeah. Garcelle so, to So accuse they actually her. had beef. So the situation was. Diana was like, Garcelle, I feel like you're cold to me and you're not opening up. So they had a conversation. Well, that's just Diana. But but they had a conversation at um, uh, somebody's party. I, f- I forgot whose party it was. They had a conversation. They were like, all right, you know what? Let's move forward. Let's be good. I think it was Dorit's party, I think. But they had a conversation. They decided to move forward. The issue then became 
Diana continued to kind of push on it with like Garcelle and because Diana hated Sutton, who's Garcelle's friend, Garcelle was like, for me personally, I can't connect with you when you hate my friend, which listen, mm. I get that. If you hate my friend, someone who's close to me, I, I don't see how we can have a relationship. That's just not possible. Mm -hmm. And I think that for the other women in the cast, they were like, that's a little too real for us, Garcelle, because we're all on a cast. We're filming a show. Garcelle couldn't get past the real of it. She's like, the real. Uh, she couldn't get past the real mm -hmm. of it because she was just like, I can't, I don't, I'm not going to be your friend, Diana. Like, why are you so, Diana's like, girl, let's just be friends. I just think it's way beneath Diana. I just can't see her buying bots on Twitter. I don't think she bought the bots. I actually, the, so the issue isn't her buying the bots. The issue is that Diana has continued to bully Garcelle herself on her Instagram, posting pictures of her, saying nasty things. Not racist things, but saying nasty things. And I think that she didn't buy the bots, but she originally didn't speak out against when it was happening. Only until Bravo sent... All, the only woman on that cast to speak out in defense of Garcelle was Lisa Renna. I just want to put that out there. And they brought it up in the reunion. Lisa Renna posted on her own without Bravo, without the message that Bravo sent out to everyone. She was the only person. And the only other person outside of Lisa Renna was Teresa Judice while she was on her honeymoon. But that could also be spine if Rena is this villain, she was just doing it to man manipulate and get the spotlight off of I her. I think that everything could is be true, produced. But Lisa so Renna and Garcelle have yeah. they, Lisa Renna and Garcelle, the They've truth been of it for all, like 25 years. They have been friends for a very long time. And, you know, they used to work together a lot. And also, but so did Rena and Denise. Denise and Rena have been friends. Denise. I think that Garcelle and Denise, they have a career in acting. Lisa Renna only has Beverly Hills Housewives. But but what I wanted to say, testament to black women, this is what I'm going to say to move on. Garcelle had to sit there and take that, and Kyle was like, agreeing with Diana, and Garcelle said, so you mean when my 14-year-old son is getting attacked, I need to protect all of y'all? And people have tweeted, they're like, if that's not a black woman's cry, I don't know what that is, of constantly being in situations where you need to protect your family and do what's right for you, but all of a sudden, every white person around you that is your peer is saying, what about me? And that's where people were like, Garcelle, when she turned to college, she's like, are you fucking kidding me? So you're saying that when my son Jax posted a message, he should have whited out Diana's name because he was scared for his life. People told him they were going to kneel on his neck, but I should have been protecting y'all. And Erica spoke up. She said, you ain't got to protect me. And, and Lisa Renner. <laughs> Not like, that deep voice. Yeah, she's like, you don't have to protect me. If y'all listen to earlier season, Erica, she's very lighter voice. Just saying. But just, just point out, again, black women saving us, bringing us back to the center, because it's just like, you expect black women to protect their own and you. That's crazy to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's crazy to me. That's why. With I great power comes great responsibility. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like, well, what are we responsibly doing about Trump? Uh, let's go to our resident person, uh, Brayden, to talk about January 6th. So I'm sure the whole world has heard by now that Trump has been officially subpoenaed by the January 6th committee. They finally wrapped up all of their hearings the other day. And the evidence that there was new evidence that was shown in the last hearing, which was jarring. And then Anderson Cooper just did like a whole hour worth of new footage on CNN of footage that hasn't been seen by the public inside 
the inside scoops. Also, I didn't know that Nancy Pelosi's daughter, Alexandra Pelosi, was a docu- documentary filmmaker who oh. was on the floor during the certification of Joe Biden being president. So she wanted to like record this oh. like history-making moment, Joe Biden being certified as president. And then, of course, the January 6th insurrection happened. So she recorded all of this footage, which is now being like... Examined, put, analyzed. Well, it's it's literally evidence of what yeah. happened mm-hmm. during the January sixth insurrection. So shout out to Alexandra Pelosi for you know doing the Lord's work, even though she didn't know that she was doing the Lord's work. Mm-hmm. Anyway, again, like Dora was saying, a woman to come but save a the woman. day. Well, well, you having know. that footage, how do you feel about her having that footage and sitting on it kind of for this long? That was it. Was all first of all, this is all theater. Okay. This is I all theater. <laughs> this is all planned. When theater. it comes to like media and approaching media, it's all part of a strategy. This is why, and Trump tweeted the other day on Truth Social, whatever the fuck that is. What? He questioned, why would you wait this long to subpoena me? Because it's all theatrics, because mm. we're all trying to get the American public, the majority, on the side of Trump being wrong. With all of the proven facts. He's not yeah. going, so, he's not showing up anywhere. He's not showing he, up. He's, he's not, not. Show up. No one's expecting him to show up. But no. just the fact that there's only been four U.S. presidents ever subpoenaed by a congressional committee mm-hmm. is historic. Do you know the four presidents? I do. Tell us. Thomas Jefferson, mm-hmm. Richard Nixon, mm-hmm. Bill Clinton, mm-hmm. and now Donald Trump. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah so that that tracks. Every every single what you just said made perfect fucking sense. Yeah. Perfect so sense. <laughs> they're doing this so the history books will let known who has been subpoenaed and who has done wrong. And mind you, Richard Nixon was almost impeached, but resigned. Bill Clinton mm-hmm. was obviously impeached. Donald Trump was impeached twice. Mm-hmm. It's just a pattern and was a record. Was Bill impeached and then resigned? Uh, what was it? He was impeached. Okay. He was impeached, mm-hmm. but then he, I mean, he finished out his term. He finished oh, okay, out his term, okay. yeah. He wasn't kicked out of office or anything. Yeah. But Donald was impeached. Twice. Twice. <laughs> the, I, um, so wouldn't that be five? Also, he lost the popular two. vote. Yeah, he's trash. Yeah. And he so only anyway, one it's term. just they did this for a reason to let the American public know and to let American history know that what the U.S. president did was completely illegal. And we're going to put down in the history books that he is at fault and we are subpoenaing him. Even if he doesn't show up, we called him to give him the opportunity to tell his story. And he's not because he knows that he is. OK, but false. what happens right. when he doesn't show up because he's not? So we don't know yet mm. because this is in, in regular in regular world, whoever doesn't who doesn't show up for a subpoena is taken to jail because they didn't apply right. or like comply mm-hmm. with the court. However, Trump's a few of Trump's friends did not show up for their subpoena. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. So we <laughs> shall see. I mean, I but hope justice justice prevails. I mean, Brayden, as, as you said, I mean, it is complete theater. Um, yeah. And with theater, it's comes an intermission. So it's, everything's Guys, produced. take your little moment. And when we come back, we will have writer and director Lou Esfaha. All right, welcome back. Welcome back. Hey guys. I'm so excited to be kicking off our spooky season. We have writer and director Lou Asfaha. Hey Lou. 
Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> How's it going? Where are you? I am right now in Toronto, Canada. Ah. Nice. How's the weather up there? Uh, not bad, actually. It's pretty nice today. Well, yeah. you know, I asked because it's rainy. We're in New York, so it's a little bit rainy today. Yeah. And usually when it's rainy here, it might be a little rainy there. So that's why I wanted to kind of check and see like what's happening. Yeah. So for our listeners out there who don't know, Lou Esfaha is the director of the new film Fresh Meat, which is an award-winning film, especially yes. if they're in Toronto. So we're dealing with royalty here on <laughs> yeah. Pride, the podcast. So Lou, can I call you Lou? I'm gonna call you Lou. <laughs> so Lou, most people do. Okay, <laughs> wonderful. So Lou, tell our listeners a little bit about what Fresh Meat is. What's the plot? What's the goss? Yeah, absolutely. So the film actually follows a young writer as she starts at a new media comp or a, yeah, a new media company, mm-hmm. and uh, she starts to notice things are not quite right, especially when her coworker Jamal goes missing, mm-hmm. and uh, she very quickly discovers their horrifying secrets of success. Mm. Oh. I, lo- I, I love I love that tag- description. Yeah, yeah. I love the whole tagline. I mean. You know, something I, you know, first of all, the film's wonderful and kind of like looking mm-hmm. into it a little bit and not to give it for spoilers for people out there, but I love that you kind of hit on the black queer cultural appropriation. So talk to us a little bit about that and what made you interested and wanted to tell the story. Yeah, I mean, I started writing this story in uh, 2019, mm-hmm. right around the time of the mass media layoffs. Yeah. Um, and I was also at the same time um, taking greater notice of how uh, black queer thinkers and black queer artists would share things, share their art, share their thoughts, their think pieces online. And next thing you know, it's being uh, co-opted. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. this is the first time anybody ever said that shit. <laughs> um, oh my God. Yeah. And so I think like, that those two things uh, just coalesced at the same time for me, mm-hmm. and this film was the result. I love that. I feel like the more people that put those stories out there, the more people become aware of it, and I think it's really important that you were able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, like, for me, it's about, like, representing um, my community as, like, being part of the Black queer art scene in yeah. Toronto um, I absolutely see how how hard, you know, le- leaving myself out of it, I see how hard my peers work mm-hmm. to get mm-hmm. even, like, you know, just to get their, like, their thoughts and their ideas and their sweat and their blood uh, ripped off by somebody else. So, you know, I, I think it was, for me, it was just really important to, um express that and to talk about that openly because i don't see stories like this yeah uh, yeah and it's a it's, it's, it's shameful that mm-hmm. there isn't more content and mm-hmm. and just honestly to to you lou i know ashley has the next question but you know to you and even people actually like thank you again for black women leading the charge Oh, well, I mean, leading we the do charge, what we can do leading the charge and telling those <laughs> yeah. stories because it's just like the most unprotected unrepresented person in the world wow. as a black woman and the fact that black women continue to fight for people who disrespect them people who are on lower totem poles i mean i can't tell you how many times i see 
black women fighting for people like Kanye West, but we'll get into that later. But no, 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 but no, no, no. I'll be clear that uh, black women did try to save him. They did continue to fight for him. And, mm. you know, mm-hmm. they speak up and they speak out Who about Candace? things. So, uh, oh, well, sh- she's my mortal enemy. And we will not talk about her on this podcast. <laughs> She doesn't count. She doesn't count. I was about to say, is she black? I actually, I I actually have her black card. Um, It's not hers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, No, that that is. That is a laundry card. It is a laundry card (laughs) because she needs she needs to be washed. Right. Um, So I think that you know I just wanted to give you that thanks from from me as as a black queer man. Like, thank you again for stepping up for us because you know. We need somebody. You know, on behalf of all black women everywhere, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Yes, I know yes. y'all, we I, were at the last meeting. I, I was going to say, I know y'all have <laughs> yeah. a meeting because Ashley disappeared for a little bit. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so, Lou, what made you choose the horror genre in order to tell this story rather than, you know, comedy or drama? Yeah, I mean, I think I have always been drawn to horror my entire life i think that there is a actually like a lot of uh queer people who are like very into horror i think horror like represents a lot of things that like queer people can relate to because we had trauma Uh, in our childhood (laughs) trauma in your childhood uh feeling othered i think that like a lot Mm -hmm. of horror revolves around the other yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I think, like, there's a lot of elements in horror that, like, draws people to them, mm-hmm. draws specifically queer people um, and black people and women, of which I am all three. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> you say, I tri- triple threat all day. <laughs> right. And so I think, like, I've always been attracted to horror or I've always been a fan of horror. Yeah. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But I think in the last few years, um, I have definitely been experiencing a lot more anxiety. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm the only one. Definitely um, not. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think, yeah, and I think that like horror is the perfect genre to explore feelings of anxiety. And 100%. I think for yeah. this film in particular, um, I feel a lot of anxiety when I navigate the workspace. Very so, uh, yeah. that. Yeah. I just recently uh, figured that I had like anxiety and kind of PTSD from a toxic work environment that I didn't realize until I got out of it. Mm-hmm. And like every time it's talked about, I just get like my heart starts beating. I get like a little clammy and then I get defensive and then I get like upset. And yeah, wow. it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's that it's that undermining, you know, when you are in a position and you're doing everything you can and you're working very hard and then you it still isn't enough, mm-hmm. it really makes you feel very small. It's just like, well, okay, how how can I get to a point, you see people around you not even doing half of what you're doing mm-hmm. and they're getting mm-hmm. this praise and you're like, so what's happening? And then you look at the color of your skin or you look in the mirror or you look at your sexuality and you're like, oh, well, there that go. Yeah. Like, I guess that must yeah. be it. This is why I'm team Michael Myers, to be honest with you. Because I was saying, actually, <laughs> yeah. no, no, I was saying to someone the other day, all he wants to do is go home. He just wants to go to his house. Well, then let it, he should go home. Then. Well, he tried to, but every time he go home, somebody's in his house. You got people trying to show up and trick, trick or treat. Michael don't have time for that. He just wants to sit in the house. <laughs> he has his, all the time, no, actually. I, well, Michael <laughs> wants to mind his business. And I honestly, I'm this close <laughs> to being team Michael. No, like, I think he's just like a shortness <laughs> of breath because of that mask. Like he just I agree with to that too. But he would take the mask can. off if he could get in the house that's, and chill. Right, that's what I'm saying. But, take the mask off. Yeah, but let him in the house so he can take his mask off, derobe, take 
a shower, <laughs> but people won't let him breathe. How do you feel about the new Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel, Lou, about the new Halloween? Because you, as you can see, I'm spirited about it. Uh, I haven't seen the new Halloween, but I will say that I think that Michael maybe could solve more of his problems with talking i think so too him. okay i so. think that that's communication <laughs> communicado <Yeah>. mental health <laughs> mental health mm. mental yeah, health i agree with that <laughs> so lou how did you get started in the film industry like what what was your impetus what's what was your passion as a kid uh i've always had a passion for storytelling mm-hmm. and so i actually for a really long time thought that i would try to be a novelist um, I think that like I've always you know I've been a writer my whole life um, since I was a kid and uh, I've always loved stories I've loved like I feel like stories have so much power mm-hmm. um, and so I've always embraced that um, and I think that like film felt I, I, so I guess basically what happened was that I realized that films were, like, made by a person. I don't think mm-hmm. I really realized that when I was, like, a kid because mm-hmm. you see all these credits scroll by and you're like, all these yeah. people work on this film right. um, and made this. But, like, realistically, a film is, like, driven by the director. And yeah. I think understanding that made me want to do it. Okay. I agree with that. I when, mean, yeah. When I was younger, I had I thought when people died in movies, they died in real life. Oh, Adam. I gen- yeah. <laughs> because you know why the movie The Crow, you know, he oh, died yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. in my mind. It was like, oh, he died in the movie, so he's yeah. dead now. But in, I didn't, re- I didn't, you know, I didn't piece it together. Right. But yeah. Hmm. I mean, that there's that. I mean, listen, <laughs> I wonder what that means. I mean, no, I mean, I thought Julia Let's Roberts. <laughs> when I watched Pretty Woman, I thought Julia Roberts was a straight up. You thought she was a prostitute? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Who's to say she's not? So not basically, everyone confused movies for real. Life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean but that, and maybe we that's sheltered. why I like grew up to be an artist and like. But people, know. but that's why we relate to it. You know what I mean? Like, mm, mm-hmm. I remember the, uh-huh. fir- the There's no anything crazy about the first time we stepped on set and you step on the set for the first time you're like oh this is how you do it i remember like stepping on a soap opera set and seeing how small it is and i was like oh this is crazy and sometimes it's it's sad because it takes you out of the fantasy that you built and you you're no longer in that place so yeah sometimes that can be very interesting yeah we're like being behind the scenes and like being able to see everything sometimes it does kind of like take away the magic but at the same time it adds more magic yeah mm-hmm. and you seeing how people like bring everything together how hard everybody works it's like wow this is like really like it makes you proud always to like yeah work on things and to be like we did that right because yeah. <laughs> you knew how much blood sweat and tears and yeah like. and i remember if it was you ashley or adam who mm-hmm. like asked me about like days was like does that spoil the show mm-hmm. for you and i was just like kind of yeah you know things do that see how the sausage is made yeah it's just, it's just, for lack of a better word um so lou <laughs> your favorite type of horror like does it stem from more paranormal does it go toward uh more serial killer stalky is it thriller like what is your favorite basically type what's your favorite scary movie right <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, Scream is actually my favorite. Ah, it's ours too. All right. I mean. You know what? For the next five minutes, we're going to dissect this. All right. Tell me. (laughs) 
Which screen movie was your favorite? Which screen movie is underrated? Which screen movie is overrated? And which screen movie should not have been made? Ooh, that's a lot. That's a I lot. already forgot what you said. Right. I, that's like, I think I have an answer for all She got it. Okay. Got okay. It. That's like a ninth grade English okay. paper. My favorite screen movie is the first one. Okay. Okay. Uh, the screen movie that is underrated is Scream 4. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the screen movie that is overrated is Scream 2. Oh. you like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and the screen movie that shouldn't have been made was the last one. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I agree with that. You know what? It, just, I, it was just unnecessary. I hear you on all of those, except for, yeah. you know, listen, Scream 2 is actually my favorite one, except for the fact that the plot left. We lost the plot yeah. because they were yeah. originally saying, and that's why a lot of people had an issue. Really? Up until the third act. Up until the third act. I literally read a thing the other night. They were like, "Uh, but that's only because, as we all know, the script was leaked to the public and they had to change it very last minute. But the original was like supposed to be, oh, we're killing people, have the same name and X, Y, Z. And they had to change it last minute. So, yeah. But Jada Pinkett. I feel like that was. I feel like that was a mistake. Like they should have just stuck with the ending that they had originally and just killed it. Just like knocked it out the park. Yeah, mm. they absolutely mm-hmm. should. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. what do you think about the new, um, you know, black horror? Jordan Peele has been very much leading the charge in that along with yourself. What do you think about black horror that technically has always been there, but mm-hmm. has kind of been looked over? Uh, yeah, great question. I mean, I think that, like, there have always been um, black filmmakers trying to make horror films and, mm-hmm. and making horror films. Um, I think that, you know, as early as like Ganja and Hess, like, mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? So like lots of, uh, black, black horror is not anything new. I think like what we're seeing now is like the larger industry understanding mm-hmm. that like, it actually is a viable, uh, it's viable for audiences. It's something that audiences want to see. Um, and they're actually funding it. So I think yeah. that that's the major difference that we're seeing and more black filmmakers are getting the opportunity to, to delve into horror. And I think that like horror is, it's, is such a great way to like unpack mm-hmm. feelings of fear and anxiety and trauma mm-hmm. without feeling like that's necessarily what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. And cuz I've always like hated the fact that they won't nominate like horror film like like yeah. like uh Tony Collette I in my Ooh, opinion and Hereditary sh- and Hereditary should have so been nominated for an Oscar. Fucking good. <laughs> she Hereditary deserves is, all the awards. When I saw Hereditary, <laughs> I was in a bed in LA with one of my best friends Teresa and she's like you have to watch this movie and I saw that and I couldn't I was I was like, who the fuck is A24, first of all? And yeah, what, what think, are they doing? Yeah, A24 be doing it. Anytime be... I see that, I'm like, I'm going to have to think about whatever is about to hit the screen. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it, yeah. I, I, yeah. Well, if you could collaborate with anyone in the genre, who would it be and why? <laughs> um, there is a new-ish, I mean, new to feature. Her feature film debut was just this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might be mispronouncing her name. It's uh, Nikyatu Jusu. 
I think. Okay. And her, she just had her feature film debut with Nanny. Um, mm. And I've been, uh, I was first aware of her uh, when her short film, Suicide by Sunlight, went to Sundance. Mm. And I just absolutely adore what she's doing um, for the African diaspora in mm-hmm. Black horror. Um, I also am African, and so like I to watch uh, horror and mythology that I'm so familiar with uh, be like depicted on screen um, was just like such a, a. I actually I watched it twice at TIFF. Like it was literally like that good. I enjoyed it that much, and I would absolutely love to collaborate with her. Mm. All right. Well, hopefully, and I guess, and, and, and I guess Jordan Peele, but like that's uh, that's like a given. Like, that. like I guess, <laughs> I, I guess if he if, if he got time, right? If he's available, yeah, whatever. He got time. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, hopefully, this podcast puts that out into the universe. Yes, we, we are manifesting. manifesting this for you. Yes. And what what would be next for you? Like, do you want to do another horror film? Like, what do you want to do next? You want to continue in that genre? Yeah, I actually am shooting another short horror film next week. Well, oh. I don't know if you know, but Darrell Anthony is available, and so I is have, Ashley Mitchell. I have their information um, <laughs> because I think the way—I mean, you're so innovative in everything that you do on a serious mm-hmm. note, and what you're doing is going to be great. And I cannot wait for people to continue to see it and love it and accept it. Yes, thank you, thank you. Keep going, From sir. Your lips to Hello. Yeah. Yes. Hello. Ashley has a direct line to God. <laughs> She's a preacher's child. I, I, I don't. I don't have the line. Right. So send works? me your prayers. Yeah. I will make sure that okay, they get so, the note. So we'll connect after. We'll yeah. Connect yeah. After. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Lou, it's it's been... just God at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> Very simple. Yeah. I don't know why it has it leaked. His aim name is at God. At God. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Lou. Thank you for dealing with our craziness. We love having people like yourself on the podcast and having a good time. (laughs) Please come back and, like, honestly, just sit on the panel with us and talk hot topics with us in. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We love that. I would love to be back anytime. Yeah, we'd love that. Awesome. So, Lou, let everyone of our listeners know where they can find you on social media and see all of your work. Yeah, absolutely. So, you can find uh, me anywhere. Well, not anywhere because I'm not on Facebook. But mm-hmm. on Russia. Social, um, at Death Bar Media, that's D E F A R Media. Uh, the website's the same, D E F A R dot media. And uh, yeah, you can find all my stuff there. Nice. Awesome. Perfect. Well, we can't wait to do that, and we can't wait to continue hearing from you and see what's next. So, again, thank you so much for joining us here on Pride the Podcast. Thank you, can't Lou. Can't wait to have you back soon, Lou. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. This is really fun. Yay! Yay. Yay. We love it. Talk very soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.
I'm not sure mm. if this is popular, but I don't think it's really great to play Michael. He Jackson. beat the charges. He beat the charges. He beat the charges. Okay. Anyway, yeah, that was, the, <laughs> that was that was that was Michael Jackson's thriller, the Steve Aoki Midnight version. So yeah. it's got a little mm. pop to mm. it. Just as a millennial, I just wanted to. Say uh, we are all millennials. I just wanted to say that. Right. Listen, what the fuck? Listen, no. I he listen. He beat the charges, and I mean, so did OJ. The first time. Yeah, he's still alive. When he died, maybe we'll change that thing on him, too. I don't know. But Michael is a legend, so. What OJ do? He kicked. What, what was OJ? A golf player? Basketball? Football. Football, football player. player. Mm. Fool and also a race car driver. Sorry, apparently. I didn't drink the juice. Uh, <laughs> so, I don't know. But we uh, like it, did you make that juice. joke because that was his, like, I'm pretty sure that was his nickname. Absolutely. Good morning, Donda. OJ. Whoa. <laughs> do you know that Darrell, I that was really good. Good. I'm I, really proud of you for I'm that. I'm on one. point. Tonight I was at a work thing and I was like giving jokes back and forth and they were like, you are quick. And I said, it's not even planned. Y'all just laying it out for me. I love it. I don't know why y'all gag. She bring it to you every time. I bring it to you every time. Well, when they give you, like, when they throw up grapefruit, you got to hit them. They set it up. Yep, set and hit. But it was so amazing having Lou come on. Like, again, the work that she's doing as an African-American woman, like, bringing it to the forefront, horror and telling the story about queer heart, like I love it. Listen, I think you and Lou mm-hmm. and Andrew Meikle, who's mm-hmm. a friend of the pod, I think y'all should all get together. Lou and Andrew are already in Canada, and y'all should like, come right. up with like they, some kind of horror queer genius. I would love that actually. I think that having because I want to do more projects, and you know, mm-hmm. horror was my first love, and so. Um, Interesting. Did I say? Did I say last week? I don't know if I did. That someone reached out about Homecoming one and two. Mm-hmm. You did, mm-hmm. and you did. it was, it was so amazing. And the guy, I wrote him back, and he was just like, "No, thank you." He said, "We watch it every Halloween." He said, "And what has happened mm-hmm. is the the DVDs are like gotten scratched up." And he's like, "But it's so good," and that just made me feel good because I yeah. know that. It had no money. That. It was a little BCD movie. Like, but what is it, BCD? But t- not good. Before, <laughs> no. no it Before was, cash deposit. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, did you just make that up? Yeah. Oh! We're on point, friend. Go, friend. We will let you back next week. No. Wow. Right. Oh. Before yeah. cash deposit. Honestly, y'all didn't know y'all were doing a podcast with Cagney and Lacey tonight because <laughs> us two are yeah. doing it. Also, shout out to Whitney Hoy, who has the final. Where yeah. Yeah. That can be streamed. Yeah, you can stream the final. Oh, it's actually you. really good. Yeah. yeah. Really good. Whitney's really good. That, at that stars another Canadian actor, right? Yeah, Mark, Mark Donato. Yeah, yeah um, from Degrassi. So oh, rope his bitch ass. Yeah, in and too. also <laughs> um, from uh, Little Rascals, um, who played. That's right, uh, Spanky. Uh, Spanky, yeah. The dog. No, that was a. Um, that was Spot. Yeah, what is that Spot? He was good in that. He had a Spot, right? Mm. On his what eye. What's the dog's name? I don't. Mm, I don't know. Skipper. Write in. Definitely. Let us know. Uh, write in and let us know. We'll check with our producer. Corey, what is the dog name? Find the dog's name to Little Rascals. I think it was Spot. Spot. I think he's now the Target mascot. No, that's a uh, That's a different spot. That's another, that's a, Wishbone? That's a, like a, that's a French. I loved Wishbone. Me too. And, and then it was Wishbone, Carmen Sandiego, and Bill Nye, the science guy, who right. you and I met. <laughs> that we was did. pretty fucking crazy. Pete. 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 Oh, his name was Pete. Come here, Petey. Yeah. Petey. Yeah. Pete. 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 Um, Remember Pete and Pete? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was great. Make Whoopi the Goldberg dance. the other day. Um, Brain, did you watch the episode where Danielle Brooks went on and was just letting Whoopi know, like, 
it's because of you that like I'm an actor and all that. No, I missed that because of the big sale that just happened this week on Amazon. I, I Amazon. Can speak Tell about. us what's going on, Mr. Amazon. Um, well, business is thriving. <laughs> <laughs> I know we've had quite a couple of packages. Um, in the house. They all said Ashley Mitchell. The Ooh. rocket still has not launched. Shishka baby. I was gonna ask you, like, because you're supposed to be looking at some people's faces. I'm not gonna say their name because I don't think I can. You can't say their names. I did. Um, but we have new tentative dates that maybe I can Same share people. later. Uh huh. Exciting. Wow. Yeah. Same people. Launch this rocket. Rocket. Well, rocket. they just launched. They just launched uh, the new rocket that went up to the International Space Center uh-huh. with the first Native American woman. Oh wow! So we're letting them have their moment as we you should. Mean? It's a huge. It's a huge news we need moment. That so <laughs> we're trying to like obviously steer from that. But did your team have anything to do with the uh, satellite that was launched to hit a meteor? No, we didn't. Oh, okay. I don't. It'd work. be a lot cooler if it was. I know. I don't work for <laughs> NASA directly. Are you sure? Oh, uh, you work for like yeah. honorable. You're, you're Braden Bradley. I, if I did, I still couldn't tell you. So I'm just in stealth mode right now. Mm. Maybe mm. I do. Maybe I don't. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You remember um, when I was talking to Ross Matthews and was like, "So I heard this to you about this upcoming season." He's like, "Will you tell me?" He's Bitch, no. No, I why Even would if I, I did know, I wouldn't tell you. He's like, why right. would I tell you any of that information? Man, I thought I'd listen, you had to try I, it. I, th- I shot my shot. You shot But it your was shot. pretty cool that they launched like a satellite and a satellite into an asteroid and like D, to see and like if we directed right. its path it to its not course. hit Earth. Like that's right. fucking baller. Well, because you know that we're we're so obsessed as a culture of like doomsday and like Armageddon and we yeah. need to be prepared. You know, right. And so what's that, that's what's why that movie with Jennifer Lawrence and um The Hunger Games? Silver's no, Line. No, 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 no. Don't look up. Don't, don't, don't look, look, look up. up with Meryl Streep as well. Yes. Um, she showed her booty. Um she did show she that did Meryl Streep. Yeah, she looked great. That's right. Um, she looked great. What you know what would be even hotter? Would it be a pregnant Meryl Streep? <laughs> Adam. What do you have in plans? What are we talking about? What, what do you have in store <laughs> for Meryl Streep? I know, no, I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to do Dwight. Like, what are you guys saying? Right, right, right. I was going to say something really profound, and I forgot. Probably profane. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, and the Marquis of Snakes. What am I, Adam? The, the Defiler. The Defiler. That is Durrell. The Marquis Ballad. of Snakes. <laughs> I am the Marquis. Um, do you know who else is a fucking snake? Uh, Nuri Martinez, so Los Angeles City Councilwoman. Oh, this bitch. You know that she resigned. So basically what ended up happening is remarks were made by her last year in conversation with two other council members at a local union boss were released on audio. What she said, I'm not even going to say the word. I don't but think she, you should But she it. was disparaging and racist comments about another council member's young black son. <gasps> She's also heard making racially disparaging remarks in the context of discussions over the redistricting of city council well, seats. I want to hear what she's she Latina. I do want to hear what she said. What she said. Did you say she was Latina? Or should yes. you just, by the te- way? do you want me to no. read it? No, uh, I shouldn't read it. <laughs> no, I mean, it's they only have it really on audio, mm-hmm. but I've listened to the audio. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she's just said, summarized. She, she, it's, there's some cooning talk and there's uh, monkeys. I mean, there's uh, that, oh. yeah, you know, people love to call those monkeys. Um, love it. Love it. I will never forget being in a situation where. This girl who lived with a friend of mine was saying used to used to she don't anymore because that friend didn't know and she got right the fuck out um, that she wanted to do fuck Adam you were there 
What? We were in L.A. In L.A. Oh, mm-hmm. and, who? And it was um, whisper to me. Um, I don't even remember. Lauren? No, it was Laura. She said some shit too. Oh, but no I names. don't know. I'll text you right now. I okay. don't remember the girl's name. Um, but do she, I know her? I don't yeah. think you met her. You might have met her once. You know the friend, but you don't know the roommate. Yeah. So she basically said, oh. she sat there and she said, I might know. And I quote, I was like, Oh, I want to do Wizard of Oz. We did. She said, Oh, yeah. And she gave everybody a character and said, Daryl, you can be the monkey. Damn. And I said, why not the not the scarecrow that I won an award for playing the happy scarecrow that. in high school, not Dorothy who I look fucking fantastic in pictures you can find online of me Ashley and Adam uh-huh. I was Dorothy. Let me see the text. Who's it? And and instead, um, oh her roommate. Oh yeah, not her. Right. I was like, wait. No. <laughs> um. So it was. It was really trying. It was. It's weird. I was just like, so I'm the. I stood there and. Friend, and you were the only black person and I was, there. And, and the friend looked and she said, what did you just say to him? And she took care of it. But I was kind of blown away. And it's interesting at that time, I think, as a black person, the um, the microaggressions. I mean, that was a major aggression. I was going to say that's that. Was that was a micro. That was like, that was, hey, was, you're a monkey. Now let me know. <laughs> and so it's interesting what I took and what I dealt with. Well, remember back in junior college, and I know we've talked about this on the pod before. Nigga. <gasps> So go ahead and talk about that. Yeah, um, I was running for um, what was it? Lost Moss was the was yeah. We were Lost pledging. Moss. We were pledging, um, and I my think I opted out. My pledge name. You were in it right there with us. Mm-hmm. You just didn't go to no means after you got in because you were all. I about- was the secretary. Ew, <laughs> gross. We- I was the drunkatorian. <laughs> yeah, me and Brain was always kind of leaving early. I don't give a fuck. But they, um, my pledge name was Niglet, and it was a little. Uh, in a sorority of what fifty plus people, maybe yeah. you were the only black. No. I wasn't the only black. Um, well, maybe the only black well, running well, for an office. Well, what I think. Well, you know what? If it's in terms of Cherie Garcelle's friend, I guess I am the only black. Because um, you know how I feel about her. Um, but it, it, it's interesting. I think about the things I've let people say to me over the years from the color of my skin to my sexuality and it's kind of fucking wild and so mm-hmm. people i think since being friends as long as i have with brain adam and you actually like that's why i wild out sometimes mm-hmm. because i am like i have so much pent-up energy where i'm like i'm not doing this well it's like you know just like we were saying in the interview where i was talking about um toxic work environments and it's like you didn't realize how toxic it was until you get out and it's like you don't realize all the microaggressions that you had to go through until like, honestly, like until like that Cheeto and George Floyd, all of that came up and Mm -hmm. it's like all those conversations came up. So it's like, you know, I've said this before, the experience isn't new, but the conversation is, and it's just like now realizing it's like, Oh shoot. I was really traumatized. Like I was really talked down to. Yeah. So do you think, Think and I hate to say this. Mm-hmm. Do you think all that bad shit that we went through, that we're still going through, mm-hmm. in terms of like a silver lining, is a good thing? Okay, so, so maybe. Yeah, I, think, I mean, I think things have to get worse to get better. Mm-hmm. Some people you know? need to see it on their own front step. You know, uh, yeah. Kenneth Walker, uh, the boyfriend of Breonna Taylor, he's on the Red Table Talk. Wonderful episode. You guys go check it out. Um, he talked about that, and he's just like, Breonna had to become a beacon of hope and change for people the same way 
George Floyd did. I remember his little daughter was like, that's my daddy. Like, he's a hero. Like, I'm, those things needed to happen. And it's unfortunate. You know, you think about Matthew Shepard, what happened. You think about his anniversary, anniversary of his death. Yeah, yep. his anniversary, um, October 12th. I mean, you, you think of those moments, and it's, it's really tough. It's tough because you have to lose a life to protect a lot of other lives. And I wish that would happen yeah, with the guns. But, that's you know. oh, Right. But that's usually what happens. It's like once it happens to you, it means something else. Yeah. You almost saying paid I sure did. But we were talking about microaggressions and one that I thought of recently was being told, oh, well, you're not like the rest of them. Like you're mm-hmm. you're a good one. Yep. Oh, you're God. a different kind Meaning of Mexican. Mexican. Yeah. yeah. And I, I was, got and, you know, then I then I was what like, okay, mean? whatever. Right. I wasn't hood ghetto. Yeah. I, I remember that like my first night in college sleep, sleep spending the night and a bunch of girls and they were like yeah Ashley you're cool you're not like the rest of them you yeah know? you're not like it's crazy you're not like, if they, if they, not if they met y'all now like, y'all are crazy Adam you would rip their heads off just be like what yeah back what then I was just mean? like huh yeah they, they wouldn't they wouldn't deal just with took it now. just yeah, took that like incredibly like awful insult mm-hmm. and was just like yeah with a smile because you thought that that was normal I thought that was normal and I also like um you know, if you go off or you confront someone, then you're the angry, angry black person. Mm-hmm. So it's just like also choo- it's choosing the high road and also thinking like this is normal. At that age, did you think about choosing the high road or just going with the norm or did you just go with the norm because you thought that was the norm? I think it was kind of both. Like I mm-hmm. felt like I didn't have the right to speak up. Like it was just like almost like, yeah, you're right. I went through the norm to save mm-hmm. my life. So the, there was like a point in your brain where you knew that that was wrong. Well, it, it I, was. I, it, yeah. it, I don't think it was always like a conscious thing. Like I know when people said my did uh, microaggressions to me, like my heart would start racing and I would get nervous mm-hmm. and anxious and stuff like that. But I thought it was just kind of like, oh, we're talking about race, so it's just kind of like embarrassing. We're talking about like something so vulnerable because it feels like you're on a pedestal. Because like, well, it feels like there's a spotlight on you, right, so, right. so it's just kind of like embarrassing. So. I think I confused those feelings of like anger and confusion and, and, and confused it with like, I'm just embarrassed. Cause we're like, there's a spotlight on me, but really it was just like, no, this is like fucked up and it's not cool. And, and also that's you why I have anxiety. And yeah. that's crazy for a young person to experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, I mean, think yeah, about like now you're pretty for a black girl. Or, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but you think about now, so many people are, on the, the internet is more popular now you know you have social media you have all of that bullying in different ways and we've seen so many people want to take their lives mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of bullying online i mean it's it's horrible i mean people won't let people live what happened to matthew shepherd was i mean he was attacked on october 6th and he died on october 12th um and a wonderful story about the police officer who found him she said there was a deer laying near him and as soon as she came she said she remember locking eyes with this deer and for her it felt like the deer was like i stayed here to make sure he was okay mm. and the deer just walked away mm-hmm. um it's, it's just heartbreaking that people said we need to do this and then tie him to a post like we like it, like the, yeah the whole thing is just as much as james bird when he was dragged in jasper texas it was like we want to do Emmett the Till. Emmett Till, you know, well, all of the Dahmer. The, I mean, victims, all of that which is a new. I like literally did not know 
that Dahmer. Well, now everyone knows well, yeah. he wants to dress up as Dahmer for Halloween. So, so yeah, I let's saw talk, that. Let's talk about that. As we are in the Halloween season, what is, how do y'all feel about the offensive costumes? I, I've also saw some people dress as Hitler online. Well, people dress as, you know who, Cheeto they, as well. Yeah, it's just like, is there a line that, I, I think there yeah. is, but is there a line that needs to be drawn? And if so, does it make you look at someone different? Like, how do you guys feel? I just feel like if you're dressing up as someone who terrorized real people mm-hmm. and you're dressing up as if it's like a fun thing, like, you know, we're dressing up as vampires, something that's not real, but we're we're incorporating, and you know, that can be fun because it's not real, but you're dressing up as like Dahmer or the Cheeto and stuff like that. And it's like they hurt real people. So it's just like, where's the joke? Right. What what are we dressing up as? Like nine is, out of ten, I bet those people who are dressing up as those villains are Republican. Well, Probably. it's just like they're just people that weren't affected by, you know, P- people that don't understand. Like, they don't. So understand. speaking of, yeah, the British Bake Off series mm-hmm. just recently did Mexican Week. Oh yes. And immediately, like once the the promo started air, like put on Twitter, people were quote tweeting. It was like, this is already a disaster. They were like wearing like, this poncho, is, like British they were wearing serapes and um sombreros, and were oh, no. that all immediately was just like, okay, what are we doing? First off, and then the joke of, oh, we shouldn't say any Mexican jokes because we'll get in trouble. And then the host, the other host, was like, not even Juan. It's what? just like, come on now, uh, come on now. It's that's, just, a, that's that's interesting. Um, it's it's just, just lazy. It's just it's lazy. It's lazy. It's in poor taste. It's and so then, not like, only that was happening. And is then, this funny? Who's laughing at right, this? Right, right. And then maracas were a thing. What's the point? Did they say? Yeah, yeah. Did they do that? I'm sure they did. And then, um, the you know they had to do a bake off or like they had to bake something mm-hmm. and everyone made like one thing because like all flan. They, <laughs> they, they all made like pan uh, like the conchas mm-hmm. the pan dulce That's they delicious. all made those pretty much cuz that was the one thing that everyone knew and like it was like just like churros <laughs> yeah it was just like very like stereotypical like Cinco de Mayo party wow. is what it was. That's what it was. Like it was margaritas that they have margaritas. I, like, <laughs> but, but a question to you, Adam, like, what do you guys think that we should, how can other people celebrate the cultures? Like, how can other people? You do, know do, it. Do, you I, know it when I, you see I, it. I, I, yeah. well, I, I know it when I see it, but like, it, should oh. there be something put in place where people can celebrate? Like, I mean, if there's a bunch of people who don't know anything about Mexican culture, shouldn't there be a Mexican host or a producer or something like i think that people should be able to celebrate it without making it a mockery and that's i mean i just feel like when it's not your culture like in in the case of like if you're a producer on a television show it's not your culture then it's your job to learn about that culture Mm -hmm. and it and And hire and hire someone and consult Mm -hmm. with someone Mm -hmm. who is part of the culture because like it's not your culture and you don't know right and instead of just assuming and just going off of like what you've known for mm-hmm. the past like 20 problematic years that's what yeah. i love right. about eva longoria's new show mm-hmm. everyone behind the scenes is went uh, like a, a woman and they're mm-hmm. all latina yeah mm-hmm. i love she's that. been good about that since she did um devious maids um she did uh, 
hotel show that like all Spanish, and she's always trying to create those opportunities. She did a Gordita Chronicles mm-hmm. uh, that we oh, love. Um, but those place, those shows are getting one season, and you know this week uh, they famously got rid of and brought back after backlash online the Warner Brothers. Um, the diversity they had a diversity department for uh, upcoming like people of color and whatever. They got rid of it, and then they brought it back after a Twitter backlash. They were like, "What are you doing? You took away an opportunity from people. Mm-hmm. Like you literally mm-hmm. took something. They were like, oh, my bad.' And, and they speaking of taking opportunity away from people, have y'all seen the new Alex Jones? Like, oh, the verdict. The verdict. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. did you see his response? No. No. What did he say? It is just. Tell us. You he hasn't learned anything. Disgusting. He hasn't learned anything. He's on his show, Info War. I don't even want to give him like any clout. Don't even finish info. But he's like, oh, yeah, I got a million dollars here. They get 50 million there. They get 47 million there. They get this there. They get this there. I guess they're all just getting money now. He, mind you, has to pay all this money. Mm. But he's making it a mockery of mm. the um, jury's decision. Also, Another jury's decision in the Sandy Hook. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Sandy Hook, it was if Sandy I'm not Hook. mistaken. Yeah. yeah. So the jury decided not to give the killer um, the death penalty. Oh, no. Yeah. This was oh. the shooter for um, um, Parkland. 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 Yeah, Parkland. my bad. Sorry. Yeah. So there was, uh, I, sorry, there's so many school shootings. Mm-hmm. I can't right. keep them straight. No, you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, but Parkland, yes. So a lot of victims of the family are calling it a gut punch because the shooter who admitted that he was guilty didn't get the death penalty. So mm. before we go, I'm just kind of curious on your opinion. What did what was the sentence? Life. Life. Okay. In prison. Yeah. So here's my thing with the death penalty. Yep, here we go. I, I feel like in some cases of most cases, it's kind of like an easy way out. Because if you you cause all this suffering onto someone and then you just get to check out. Right. That's not justice. I mean, nothing will be justice, but that's not accountability at all. It's like you need to sit with what you did for years and for a lifetime for a life i think that life is a way better sentence than sentencing someone so to that's death how i feel yeah, too i feel the same way i feel no. the same way too and so i was kind of shocked when all of the families a majority of the families wanted the death penalty and sure. so as they say gut punch well, I, 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 I understand where they're coming from yeah i can tell totally you like, yeah. life i mean like we talked about um in the green room <laughs> game of thrones like <laughs> an eye for an eye Literally, like they, they're still hurting. That's still mm-hmm. very frustrating. I mean, think about it. These people, would some of these people would be in their second, third year of college. Like, they, I mean, these mm-hmm. people are so for them. They're like our children's life would cut short. I mean, the Sandy Hook kids, if they were still alive, they would be graduated. Mm-hmm. Like, so we're at a place where parents are like my children's life, and we'll see that with Uvalde as well. Mm-hmm. Parents are speaking out. They're like, my child was supposed to be having these milestones. Some of these children were, uh, some of these children were, um, like, single, like, they had, they were the only child. So for them, it's like, okay, my only child that I had is not going to get married. They're not going to go to college. They're not going to have children. They're not going to make me a grandparent. I want that person dead. But with respect to the families. How is that going to help you heal 
and I don't know because I didn't well, go through it, angry. obviously. A- no. Anger. But how is it going to help you heal knowing that the killer is dead? I mean, it's well, not that's, rather gonna, than, I don't think we can speak on that. Yeah. Because yeah, we've never you're right, experienced you're right. that. So, because to them, it's like, that is closure. Knowing and, that yeah. my son's killer I guess is that's off true. of this that's earth, true. right? No longer no longer has the ability to feel excitement or or hope or joy or you know anything. gone. I you took feel what, like you took what my prison, joy was. I want but, your listen. Song. My great aunt is in prison for life, and she does not have the death penalty, and she is experiencing life in prison until she dies because she deserves it. Yeah, and that's just what her life is now, and that. I think is ultimately the more justice rather than her being killed. Yeah. And I think Mm -hmm. what Adam was like, everyone is very different. Like, right. Because all these shootings, they seem like they were so long ago, but they're actually very fresh and And, they start new shootings and and they start new. And so for a lot of Mm -hmm. people, they're just like, I mean, these are children we're talking about. These are people who were either in kindergarten through second grade, or these were people who were in, 10th through 12th grade so there were people who were just starting their lives so everything feels very fresh for them and like listen when someone does something wrong to you we've all had it especially when we had an ex or someone do something we're like oh i wish that person but like that's just quick satisfaction it's Mm -hmm. not and Mm -hmm. i'm not saying we wish they would die we wish they would have karma or something bad or that they don't have another relationship but that's instant karma as opposed to over time you know um yeah it's tough it's tough but listen everyone out there if you have any thoughts on this subject, please send us an email, like send us your thoughts because I think it's very interesting how people get their, you know, come up and so to speak. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Well, guys, that was a great one. Yes. <laughs> I know. I hate to like leave on a, terrible on, a note. Note. <laughs> on a bitter note. I mean, well, I mean whatever. what, um, what are y'all looking forward to for the rest of the Halloween season? So we can end on a high note. Oh gosh, uh, the New York City Halloween Parade is back. Not that that's something that I are you want to go. I was to like, that? I've never no been to that. I've never I'm actually not been going to, but I just saw that that was back. So, yeah, young people. Many people. <laughs> um, what else? I don't know. We're getting like, it, in terms of like me and my job, we're getting we're already in holiday. I know. I went when I went to Marshalls. There was obviously Halloween stuff out, but there was Christmas stuff oh my gosh. all the way it's, out. It's everywhere. Oh I went to TJ Maxx the other day and bought this beautiful pumpkin wreath. Anyway, mm-hmm. but there's all holiday bullshit everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I feel like every year it gets sooner and sooner and sooner. It and does, sooner. right? That's how it feels. It's like, I feel honestly feel like they put Christmas stuff out in September. Which, holidays is like my favorite time of the year. Same. But I also like not holiday time <laughs> so. like dry january when there's like nothing's going on oh well, i don't know dry oh okay so speaking of dry january i tried sober october mm-hmm. how'd I that did, go i did really well for like the first five days then i had like a client thing so now i'm redefining sober october to be soberish octoberish okay <laughs> Because that's like a reason that that's what works for it's me. More reasonable. Mm-hmm. It just works for me. That you way. Need to do things in moderation. Last year in January, when you did this, you did it in moderation. It was good. Oh, thank you for that. I did. Mm-hmm. You, you did. <laughs> you did. Welcome. Uh, before we that's go, so, um, that's so nice of you. To- <laughs> we wanted to in memoriam 
Sashi and Littlefeather, she passed away. She actually uh, famously accepted Marlon Brando's Best Actor speech um, at the Oscars um, and was almost attacked um, by Clint Eastwood. Like, it was a whole thing. So. No, it was John Wayne. John Wayne, but Clint, I thought Clint Eastwood. Oh, did he, was he there too? He said oh, something. Sure. Oh, well, listen. John Some w- other white man. It wasn't Will Smith. It was not Will Smith. Damn. And nobody, <laughs> it, and people brought And no that one up. batted an eye. And nobody. no one batted an eye. No one's talking about it. And, so, yeah, people brought that up. Um, and and it's very you know upsetting. She passed away recently, and also Angela Lansbury. Oh, Mrs. Potts. You're not gonna do that again. I told y'all in the chat when we <laughs> talked about this. She was solving murders long before she sure. was quarantined. But yeah, but she will always be Mrs. Potts. She will. Mm-hmm. She will. So thank Everything you guys. We'll look up now, Chip. Oh, guys! She, she had that Nicki Minaj verse in um, "Be Our Guest." She did. Yeah. She came out "Be Our Guest." Be our guest. It's a, a guest. It's a guest. She came out twerking, and Bray would know the words because he was the beast. I was the beast, but I didn't. You're still attention. a beast. Beast. Um, beast. Um, guys, thank you so much for joining us. You can find me online, <laughs> uh, Darrell Anthony on. What am I on Twitter? Hello? Yeah, and <laughs> the edibles coming along. Um, and Instagram, I am Darrell Anthony. I am Mr. Braden Bradley. You can find me on Instagram, period. That's period. it. You can find me, Box Wine Poppy, with a zero on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And you can find me, Ashley Aaron M, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and all of that jazz. And email us as usual at pridetoseries.gmail.com. Follow us on all social media. And let's go out listening to Angela Lansbury. Tell us all this time. Beauty and the Beast. Bye. Bye. Just a little change. I love her. She's so good. We met her. We did meet her. Do you remember when we saw Deuce on Broadway? It was so good. It was so good. Beauty and the Beast. Thank you.